happened to the party? I look so fly. Look at me, look at me. I'm a cool guy. I got a sick leather jacket and a chain smoking. Now I'm hanging out with every single one of the cool folks. Who is this? Who the fuck is that? Well, that's a bad motherfucker and he doesn't take shit. You know he walks so cool and he talks so slow. Welcome to Hayway Shut Up, the Talladega Speedway Podcast. I'm your driver, John. And I'm his co-pilot, Travis. Oh, wait. Shh. Shit, we we did driver and co-pilot before. We've definitely done driver and co-pilot before, but this time we're turning left. This time we we I'm pretty sure we said we only turned to the, <laughs> we we said we were the official podcast of NASCAR. Oh shit, yeah, we did. Huh. All right. Well, uh, it stays. It's too late to record a new one. Well, uh, well, welcome to Hey Wait Shut Up, a podcast where we forget things we said on earlier episodes of the podcast and then remember and then forget again. And I'm sure we'll do another NASCAR intro in a few months anyway. Why wouldn't we? Hell yeah. Uh, so, so speaking of fast cars, Travis, um, I, this last, within the last week, I guess, uh, went to go see uh, Fast 9, the newest iteration of the Fast and Furious franchise. Hell yeah. You, uh, our favorite. We've watched all the movies several times yes, before. Uh, true, true fans. And I, I don't, I don't want to spoil the movie necessarily. And this won't, this won't spoil the movie. But at the very end of the movie, a um, a classic uh, Nissan GTR pulls up, the same one that Brian drove in the first couple Fast and Furious movies, okay. as portrayed by as portrayed by Paul Walker. Yes, sort of, sort of hinting that. There is in Fast Ten going to be some sort of return of someone of something. He dead, huh? He's dead. Yeah, uh, that's and I mean that's like part of the mystery is like Paul Paul Walker's dead, um, but and, and I'm sure it'll be like I'm his I'm his brother Saul Saul Stalker or something like that. And they'll be like, why does the name rhyme? And why, why wouldn't you have the same last name or something? Um, but as we were leaving the movie theater, my wife, Megan, whom I love very much, turned to me and said, what if Paul Walker wasn't dead this whole time? Oh, shit. <laughs> she, so I, I naturally asked her to elaborate. Her theory is that Universal Pictures faked Paul Walker's death in 2013 so that he could be out of like every, it would be tragic and everybody would miss him and then years later six, seven eight years later they could resurrect him from the dead for the the 10th fast 10th <laughs> slash 11th fast and furious movie <laughs> um I want it I, w- I want that to happen so bad. I really do wish that was absolutely true. I think, and and part of the reason I'm bringing, it's a good idea, and Megan's a genius, but part of the reason I'm bringing it up is that we, we have a traditionally cursed podcast. This is true. Um, something happened with Mario this week. Did, oh, yeah, I, the thing that I sent you? Yes. 
Yeah, so some some website was doing a poll of who's the best Super Mario Bros. character, Mario Lost, which is coincidentally the same week we just shit on Mario for a whole episode. Yeah. Did you read the... I guess you couldn't read it because I just sent you a screenshot. Yoshi won, Correct. which makes sense. I think we should have talked more about Yoshi during the rebrand, but Yoshi's kind of perfect, so I guess there's yeah, nothing to Yeah, there's really... nothing to rebrand about Yoshi. Dude eats Bigger things dinosaur. and just shits out eggs. Yeah, perfect, just like every dinosaur I know. But the but like the curse also has manifested in uh, Boss Baby too. Um, now, Travis, I know you. Um, I know you don't listen to the podcast, so you don't typically hear my sign off on the podcast. But I always say Alec Baldwin can eat our whole ass. He is he is the enemy of this podcast. Correct. And yet, the podcast curse has willed another one of his stupid boss baby movies into existence. Yeah, it releases today. Frightening stuff. Yeah, the day we're recording, this movie is releasing just to spite us. (laughs) 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Fucked (laughs) Alec Baldwin. Damn. Um, Yeah, that it it leads me to to question how our curse actually works. It's uncontrollable. People have been, and I mean, I guess we're sort of trying to control it at this point with the, the Fast X Furious... Uh, Paul Walker fake death scenario, but why does Tom'sGuide.com have an article how to watch Boss Baby 2 family business online? Uh, I saw that as well. I hate it. I hate it so much. From anywhere on earth is the rest of that. The only, the only thing I'm thinking, because I think I saw the trailer. Wait, what? Oh, okay. What? Well, it said the the film is loosely based on the 2010 picture book, The Boss Baby, and its 2016 sequel, The Bossier Baby. So I I, I thought it was I thought there was another Boss Baby movie uh, that was actually the second one in a la um, Fast and Furious, where Tokyo Drift is technically the third in the series, but it's actually like chrono- chrono- chronologically the f- fourth or fifth or sixth. It, uh, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen him, but it is not chronologically the, the third one. Jeffrey Lynn Goldblum is in Boss Baby 2. Well, that's not good. Huh. We like him. I mean, I'm okay with everybody else being in this movie, like Jimmy Kimmel, because, like, whatever. Jeff Goldblum plays the bad guy. This movie is everything. It's anti-us, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. Huh. Uh, well, not only that, this kind of glorifies babies. Babies suck. Yeah, fuck you, babies. They like they're always fucking crying, and you gotta clean out their diapers. That's true. These are and you're supposed to feed them apparently every day. Wait, what? Yeah, like how fucked up is that? I didn't hear what you said. I really meant what? <laughs> <laughs> I said apparently you're supposed to feed them every day. Oh damn! You wait. So this intermittent fasting baby plan that I've been doing with my children apparently not correct. Damn. You would think the street vendor I bought it from would be honest. You can't trust anybody these days, can you? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess if there's any solace in this world, it's the fact that uh, uh, critically, these movies are just deplored. So, uh, f- fuck you, Alec Baldwin. We we could make an IMDb rated movie higher than a 5.9. We will make an IMDb rated movie higher than a 5.9. We will get a motion picture that gets rated higher than 5.9 on IMDb. Guarantee. Before our uh, deaths. Death? Did De- we'll have one Yeah, one, death? one singular death, yes. Okay, before our collective death. 
I mean, we talked about this last episode a little bit. Like, I guess actually, we can we can die separately, but the funeral is a joint funeral. Okay, before the the wake, we will have figured this one out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of last week, Travis, we we promised the fans, we promised the haters, we promised everyone in between. We would do a, a chronicling of John David McAfee's life. Yes. A segment we've named Real American Heroes. Yeah, exactly. Real American Heroes. Yep, Real American Heroes. Um, so John McAfee, he's he's interesting, right? We we wouldn't be doing this if John McAfee wasn't interesting. Um, so there's actually I couldn't in researching find a whole lot on his early life. We we know he was born in the United Kingdom. On the 18th of September, 1945, so World War II, his dad was uh, a U.S. Army soldier stationed on some base in some part of the U.K. Um, So his dad's American. His mom was British. So they have little baby McAfee. I can't can't find anything on his mother. We have really no information regarding what his mother was like. Uh, But we do know that after the war, the family moved back to Virginia and John McAfee spent most of his life living in Salem, Virginia. He he has stated he did feel as much British as he did American, uh, but he also justified that by saying they're basically the same country. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I I think it's important because we we named this segment Real American Heroes, right? So the the American portion, I... I would like to propose the rule that if this person at their time of living could have run for president, which they he are did. a real, which he did. They are real American heroes. Well, he was American. He was born on a U.S. Yeah. Army base. He was born on American soil to an American dad. So he could he could and did run for president. So I think that's <laughs> twice. that's the established. Yeah, twice. The established standard. I accept that as our standard. Cool. So despite not knowing much about his mom, uh, we do know that his dad was um, an abusive alcoholic, kind of abused John his entire life um, until he killed himself when John McAfee was 15 years old. And uh, John is John McAfee himself has stated this is his dad's suicide is something that stuck with him his whole life. So this kind of sets into place just the the childhood trauma that probably leads him down the path he goes along with some other I, I would imagine actions. this is the that's the exact moment he was like I need to create an antivirus no there's a more specific moment where that happens bud um so he d- despite uh everything he went through and his dad dying at 15 he does go to college uh he gets a degree in mathematics in 1967 from Roanoke College in Virginia uh, and then in 2008, they also gave him an honorary doctorate of science, which I, I'm sure later on they kind of regretted bestowing some sort of honor upon John McAfee. But at the time, you know, he was he invented antivirus. It made sense to get him that in 2008. Uh, so he earns his bachelor's degree. Uh, and then in 1968, he gets accepted into a Ph.D. program at the Northeast Louisiana State College, uh, which no longer exists. It got merged with the University of Louisiana at some point. Um, and it doesn't necessarily matter because young John McAfee gets expelled in 1968 because he decided to get in a relationship with an undergrad student who was one of his mentees. 
Nice. Uh, which is generally okay. frowned upon. Uh, I, this So this is his first wife. It, I find it interesting. She is unnamed in every mention of her. We don't, I guess, nobody really knows who she was. There's, I can't even find when they got divorced. Did, did they get divorced or did she die? Knowing the little bit about his life, it seems plausible that she might have died. It's it's very possible. So this is uh, uh, very anything between the years of 1967 when he kind of started going to college because he starts going to college and he starts get that's when he really starts getting into drugs and alcohol like all the rest of us. Um, he just yeah, he yeah, goes as, as it does as it goes. He goes hard. So so he gets remarried to his second wife in 1987. So sometime between 1967 and ni- or 1968 and 1987 is when he divorces or it I don't think it's widowed I think we would know if he was a widower from the first wife probably um but as you'll see later on the the 19 ish years between him marrying her and marrying his second wife are some pretty buck wild times (laughs) okay so yeah so he he marries her and you know sometime 1968 19 69 from 1968 to 1970 worked with nasa on the apollo program oh okay Uh, so so he's not dumb right like nobody nobody is sitting here saying john mcafee was dumb or anything he just he gets buck wild nasty and we kind of we have to appreciate it so he he works on the apollo program from there he went to be a software designer for univac um like Univac was like early compute, like punch card computer technology. It was like the predecessor yes. to the predecessor to computers. So he works for them for a little while. Uh, he works with Xerox um, as an operating system architect. In 1978, he joined the Computer Sciences Corporation as a software consultant. Uh, he worked with the consulting firm Booz Allen Hamilton from 1980 to 1982. He worked with, so, so this is important, an important period, 19 from 1968 to 1982, right? Because in 1983 is when he gets sober. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, so in the, in the, Late, the very late 60s, 1968, and the all of the 70s, and then all the way up until the the early 80s, he he's he's heavy into hard drugs. Uh, He he told a story about how when he was with the which I didn't mention it earlier because I don't know when it happened, but when he was working with the Missouri Pacific Railroad, that's when he really started to dabble with like hard drugs and psychedelics and stuff. Um, he said he he would go to work many days tripping on LSD, and then one day he gets sold a bag of uh, DMT. Shout out to Joe Rogan. <laughs> so he gets sold a bag of DMT, and then he, by his own account, goes and he snorts a line of the DMT, and nothing. He feels like nothing happened, which is as we all know with drugs and stuff. When you feel like something's happened, the next step is to do all the drugs you have. Right. So he snorts the whole bag. Of DMT that he had. Okay, wow. Uh. This is this is important, right? Be, because it's it's fucking wild. But it's it's also important because he he does all this DMT. Uh, he like he freaks the fuck out as I assume anyone would after snorting a bag of anything. Period. 
Yes. Drugs, drugs or otherwise. Um, he says he freaked out. <laughs> he ran outside and he hid behind a trash can. Um, and, and so he's having this horrible bad trip. Um, he's hearing voices. He never goes back to that company. He just quit. He just quits without saying anything. He never goes back to that company. And he said that part of him, there's part of him that ever since then, and this is, this is in the seventies, right? Part of him that feels like he's still on that trip, that everything he did from then until his death was part of that one trip. And one day he was still going to wake up from that trip (laughs) and find that he's just back on his couch in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, Wow. Just a lifelong trip. So he, um, I also found on, he's got like a blog type website thing. I'm not really sure what the purpose of this website is, but I did find an article that he wrote titled The The Woman in Nepal Chapter One by John McAfee. And I don't, okay, there are other parts to this story. I haven't read the whole story all the way through. But the important thing is, at the beginning of this article, he says in the early 1970s, what he would do is like work for a year at a company, save up all the money he could from working at that company, then quit that job and travel the world for as long as the money would last him. So like the whole point of this story is how he had resigned in 1974. He resigned from his job as the IT director at some insurance company in Cincinnati. And then he went to Kathmandu to do a bunch of drugs where nothing was illegal, basically. So this is how this man lives in the seventies and the very early eighties. There's uh, a, there is a documentary on him. There's a documentary. Go watch the documentary. Cause I don't think we're going to do him justice. He gets sober in 1983 which apparently does, it clearly does not stick. No, it does not stick, but, um, so he gets sober in 1983 after working for some company, and he realized his daily routine was to snort cocaine at his desk and drink a bottle of scotch. And and so this is where it all starts to turn around for young John McAfee, because while he's working at Lockheed Martin, like I talked about earlier, he is one of the first people to discover what is, I think it's called the brain virus or something like that. It was like one of the first, computer viruses released okay and i was reading about that earlier the virus didn't actually the only thing it did was self-replicate and move itself onto floppy disks and move from computer to computer it was it was created by a couple guys that just wanted to see how far they could spread this so in its base essence it was it was a virus but it had no it, it didn't do anything Yeah, it didn't necessarily do anything malicious to the computers. Like, the guys that made it included in the code, like, their names and to call them if somebody saw this because they wanted to know how far it had reached. Interesting. Okay. So seeing this, and he helps, um, he helps, he removes the virus from all the Lockheed computers, but he kind of sees the writing on the wall that, like, this is going to to be something that exists. I think in one of the things I was reading, he quote, he said as much as, like, people love chaos and ruining shit. Just think about how all, you see all that graffiti everywhere. It's the same thing with viruses. So <laughs> okay. he fixes, he solves that, um, he starts his own company, which became McAfee Associates, so the McAfee antivirus stuff everyone knows. And hates nowadays. Right, hates nowadays. Um, so then in 1990, like it's already pretty popular. Like he starts hyping up the idea of computer viruses. Then in 1992, there's another computer virus called Michelangelo. Um, and and what 
John McAfee does is he, he like really hypes this one up. He's like, this is going to infect 5 million computers, uh, which in 1992, I'm assuming is like a pretty large percentage of computers. I would say it's probably pretty much all of them at that point. I don't, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, so he, he like he just pulls a number out. He's like, I'm I'm estimating this will infect five million computers, and uh, like viruses didn't like most people didn't have computers. Viruses didn't really exist, so the people that had them freak the fuck out and start buying McAfee products, and then this virus like the virus never really did anything. It maybe affected like tens of thousands of computers, but definitely not five million. But by the time everything was said and done. He had everybody worked up. So that's that's really how he makes his nut. Uh, so uh, from what I can find, in 2000, there was 168.6 million computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last like known, like the last cited count was 2 million in 1983. Oh, wait, no. 54 million in 1990. Okay. So there's okay. far more than I actually thought. Hey, right, but uh, like, if somebody said, "Hey, this is a virus that's definitely going to infect one in every ten computers right now," yeah, people are going to lose their mind, especially when they don't actually know what it is. Yeah, like I, I like to think people are a little bit more savvy now, but he really, he really <laughs> got him then. Um, so that happens in 1992, 1994. I'm born, which is important, and also he resigns from McAfee Associates. Uh, and he, he, so he resigns. Then two years after that, he sells his shares of the company, which are worth like a hundred million dollars. So he actually surprisingly lays pretty low for a while. I'd like him. Okay. He had a hundred million dollars in 1996, basically. Um, he like does some speaking stuff, nothing like super big to speak of, but that, like everyone knows the name because everybody get like the McAfee stuff comes pre-installed on computers for the longest time. Yeah, it's I mean, it still does. And it's it's literally the absolute fucking worst. Right. So um, yeah, the 2008 economic collapse uh, really hurt. So the, it makes it sound like the economic collapse was the, the article I'm reading, at least makes it sound like it was just the economic collapse's fault that John McAfee lost a bunch of money. Uh, but like it, he went from having 100 million basically to maybe 4 million in 2008. Okay, so he really but like, fucked but, himself up. But there. also, based on everything we know about him before and after this, I don't. I I think it's more likely he just spent it. <laughs> Probably. Um. So because of this, he sells whatever land he had in the United States, and he moves to Belize, which kind of sets in motion what I think a lot of people know John McAfee for nowadays. What year are we in at this point? We're we're. In the 2008s, I believe. Like, this is after after the 2008 economic stuff um, is when he, like, jumps ship and moves to Belize. So I, I'm reading here, I guess in, in 2000, uh, due to the world's panic about the Y2K threat, McAfee bought 280 acres in Colorado, built an estate, and started a yoga retreat, in which he also wrote Four Guides to Spirituality. Yeah, I mean, so I guess the thing I'm sort of dancing around, <laughs> and I'll just come out and, like... John McAfee is smart. He like he is smart. I think he's at least in the in his earlier life like had a lot of computer chops and knew what was going on. But I think more importantly, and the reason he makes the money he does and gets infamous is he's he's just a grifty businessman. He's good at like he sold the the Michelangelo virus as the you know like 
the Y2K before Y2K, right? And then, yeah, and then, like, Y2K is happening, and he, he uses that to whip up some sort of weird fever. And it's, like, it's him preying on people that knew basically nothing about the computer, but they know this man invented the software that's on their computer. So, yeah, why wouldn't he know that Y2K is going to kill yeah. us? Maybe I should buy his spirit. Hey, can we buy <laughs> Hey. Can we access a copy of that spirituality book? See if we can find that. We may do that, something with that later. I'm going to keep going, though. So he moves to Belize. Uh, He, at some point, has claimed that while he was in Belize, he sold a bunch of laptops to the government that were infected with malware. They had some sort of backdoor system, and so he was able to spy on the entirety of the Belizean government, basically. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. unconfirmed but i have seen him he claimed that in one of the interviews he did he knew how corrupt the belize government was he's convinced that he's being watched all the time and a lot of that is predicated on him saying that he had infiltrated their entire network okay wow uh so he becomes uh pretty reclusive uh he stops bathing he said my my hygiene is that of tijuana panhandlers (laughs) yes I, I don't know what article or interview this is from. He's talking about how he likes to urinate in public in broad daylight. It's a, so it's then, a thing of his. It's like, that's what he likes to do. Yeah. Um, well, duh. So <laughs> so around around 2012, he his neighbor in Belize, uh, his name is Gregory Fall, is murdered. Um, he's found like laying on his back with a bullet in his head. Like there's no doubt this man was murdered. Sounds like he might have killed himself. No, I let me find the thing. <laughs> so, so John McAfee claims he, in five years, said maybe 15 words to the guy that it was his neighbor. Um, some people claim that they there was a feud between the two of them uh, because uh, John McAfee believed that the, the neighbor guy had poisoned his dogs because the neighbor guy didn't like his dogs. That'd be a shitty thing to do. But he also, John McAfee also says at the, he didn't think that that happened at the time, but like at the time of being interviewed after the guy's death, he was like, maybe it was him now. <laughs> uh, somehow... He just beats the case. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if anybody really does know what happened. He doesn't. He definitely doesn't get charged for this guy's murder. He escapes Belize. He goes to Guatemala. But yeah, um, he does get tried in a civil court and ordered to pay $25 million to the estate of the dead guy uh, for a wrongful death claim. But as soon as he gets back to America around 2012... He starts doing more grifty shit. So naturally, he runs for president in 2016 as a libertarian. (laughs) I think we're sort of familiar with this at this point. Uh, He campaigned to end the war on drugs and bulk up cybersecurity defenses. He doesn't get elected president unless we're living in the wrong time lane. Yeah, I mean, time is weird. Um, So he, he does what all tech grifters are doing nowadays, and he starts hyping up cryptocurrencies. around this time and i find this one interesting in 2018 it got reported that he was charging a hundred and five thousand dollars per tweet to promote initial coin offerings of different cryptocurrencies which does does not but elon musk like I, i haven't seen reports that he's getting paid to do it but like i wouldn't this is like elon musk stole this idea from him 
Oh, absolutely. It's it's heinous that Elon would do this. Heinous. Fuck you, Elon Musk. John McAfee also, at one point, threw his weight behind an unhackable crypto wallet, which was hacked later on. Wow, big surprise. Naturally. Um, all of his cryptocurrency hype man bullshit that he's doing gets him in trouble with the SEC. And so that's sort of, that's where a lot of it falls apart, right? Because... Uh, all the cryptocurrency stuff gets him in trouble with the tax police people. Um, and then in October of 2020 is when he gets arrested in Spain because he didn't file tax returns for four years despite earning millions of dollars for just tweeting, basically. <laughs> Jesus, they the they estimated that McAfee owed $4,200,000 in taxes. Jesus Christ. So... Hey, I mean, we, we know where it goes from here. He gets indicted on further charges. He was awaiting extradition. Um, yeah. And as soon as they approved the extradition, he killed himself. So rest in peace to John McAfee, a man that was simultaneously taken too soon and also not soon enough from this earth. I believe that at some point he faked a heart attack in prison in Belize. I believe it was. I yeah I think the, the some of the articles that gloss over that little fact yes I think <laughs> like, that's how he he initially escaped the Belizean authorities by faking a heart he also like dyed his hair at some point uh, that's how he escaped Belize and made it to Guatemala and then you see a lot of interviews and stuff where he's in Guatemala and he's got like ten or twelve armed guards around him yes. And he's just drunk. Uh, yeah, I don't know at what point he gave up sobriety, but <laughs> he, he gave it up did. hard. Because I did, I didn't, I didn't know that he was sober for any point in time. <laughs> you would not have guessed it by the interviews that that he does. Uh, well, you saw the Twitter video I sent you where he just downs a whole glass, like Christian glass yeah. of Tito's vodka. He doesn't fuck around. Podcast sponsor Tito's vodka. <laughs> Here's like. He, okay, so uh, back back to the books that he wrote. He he wrote Beyond the Siddhis, C I D D H I S, Supernatural Powers in the Sutras of Patanjali. Per- Excuse my pronunciation. Uh, I cannot find a digital copy of any of his books. None. Can you find physical copies? Uh, Amazon has a couple physical copies for sale. I will I will send you. We'll um we'll have to scrounge the dark web for some copies of this shit later. I'll send you the link to the the title I found most interesting because he talks about supernatural powers and it, if anybody had them, it was John McAfee. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Beyond the Siddhis, supernatural powers and the sutras of Panajali. Yeah, that's. I can get behind that. Okay. If you want a paperback copy, it's fifteen bucks. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll consult on that later and see if we can we can do anything with it. <laughs> so that's that's kind of in a nutshell, John McAfee, and that took a while, but like we could probably do a whole episode on this wild ass bitch. We love. Yeah, I, I, like if 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 him faking a heart attack to escape the Belizean police is like kind of like a small footnote in what he's got going on at his going on in his life. Like this this man's this man's up to shit. And I like it. Or well, I guess was up to shit. He claimed, I don't even, like, nothing I read mentioned when he got married the third time, but he gets married a third time um, and has at one point in time claimed he's the biological father to at least 43 children. I, I saw that on his Wikipedia article. I, I meant to mention that's, that, wow. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff in there. <laughs> um, uh, sh- sh- 
shout out to the John McAfee estate. May it get split 43 equal ways. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of having 43 children, Travis, I so following her Fast and Furious conspiracy theory, essentially, Megan turned to me and said, what if you and Travis rebranded testicles on the podcast? Which is this pod, the podcast we're on right now. Hey, wait, shut up. Uh, yeah, the best podcast in the world. Yes. Um, so, and it was, she's right. What if we did? What if we did rebrand testicles? What if? 50 per- 50-ish percent of the population. Let's get exact these, numbers here. Let's, let's. It's got these little fellers hanging down there. Are you Googling percent of population with testicles? Yes. Nice. Her first suggestion was, why can't they go on top? <laughs> No, no no other like stretch structural or functional changes whatsoever just like the physical physical location is now on top instead it's of now hanging on, below yeah snow hang just on top interesting uh according to the the uh internets uh about 50 in a 50.5 percent of the world's population is male okay but so let's assume a little less than that okay that's fair you could lose your testicles in some sort of horrible accident. Well, which, like, yeah, I mean, there's definitely people who cut their testicles off for yeah. religious or for singing prowess. Yeah, yeah, the the singers of the world. So some sort of armor would probably, like, I mean, obviously, be good for some of us. What if it was like an armadillo? What? It was like an armadillo, and like the armor could curl over when you wanted them to be protected. Like if you're doing a sport. <laughs> You don't need and a anymore. To... You've got your own little shell that comes up and around. Like two little roly polies or something. It's interesting. Also kind of creepy. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Could be any color. Uh, so, okay, so here's actually uh, along with the singing thing. In the 16th century of Europe, uh, women were not allowed to sing in the Roman Catholic church choirs. So the logical thing, obviously, from the church, they said, well, the only thing we can do is cut boys' balls off before they their voices broke. Right. A natural progression of thought. Obviously, like, it's clearly the only thing that you could do. Like, we could treat women equally, or we could physically harm human beings to get the to get the the good noise. Right, exactly. The, hey, hey, boy, give us the good noise. I like that angelic voice. Don't change it. Let's cut those nuts off just in case. What if you squeeze testicles and they made a little honk sound? <laughs> <laughs> like a clown horn or something. It was like a like a like a yeah. <laughs> I do okay. I like I like the idea of of rebranding testicles. There's improvements that can be made for sure. Yeah, I've just spout out like at least two or three just now. <laughs> I don't I don't know that having them on top is an improvement. I don't know that it's an unimprovement either. Like I, I guess I feel like it would make pants weird. Make what weird? pants mm. i mean maybe yeah like what am i supposed do- to do with my boner if i have a boner in public on accident i can't waistband it if my balls are on top you don't have a wiener well yeah but I, this is speaking for the the mass public the the wienered population correct um yeah i mean so like one good thing i think that could happen if you if you do some sort of radical redesign is like you've you've now created like we love helping the economy we're 
experts at economy. And so we love creating new like industries and new way. Like I already own all the underwear I need for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. But if you, like, but if I like went to the special doctor and I got the, the boys up on top, I would have to go get the special on top underwear and the special on top. Like I've already got one pair of jeans. I don't need another pair of jeans right now. Right. But if but I if had a had radical your... redesign, then that would like make me go buy different pants, which is yeah. good, good business. I guess that would be good business. How would we pitch this radical redesign of the? the... Let's let's um, let's take off our podcast poncho and put on our Victor's Secret socks. Oh, okay. If we're so we're the Victor's Secret designers, we are. How can this help us, and how can we help them? I guess we gotta channel some John McAfee here or something, but like I, I like I genuinely cannot fathom a design of 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 undergarments or just pants that would allow a top housed testicle situation. Well, it would have to be like a special little pouch up. Ooh, maybe like a nice little shelf. <laughs> just imagine if imagine <laughs> if you will, you have top side testicles and you have to put on your special Victor's secret top side underwear, right? And it's got just like a a beautiful little mahogany shelf that you you set the jewels on. <laughs> Does that not sound a eloquent and b like refreshing in a way? Like almost like this is aesthetically pleasing. Um, and also it like cooling the picture in my mind i would not say is aesthetically pleasing but that's another downfall of the the phallic genitalia in that it's just not aesthetically pleasing in general do you think that is the dick and balls fault or do you think it's like alf's fault and gonzo's to an extent (laughs) do you think like and and i guess before them pro proboscis monkeys um it is possible like, do you think but that's this, what's happening? So, like, if we talk about proboscis monkeys, that shit's hot to the ladies. Hmm. That's why it exists. Hmm. But, to, I guess, to that same argument, ours probably looks the way it does due to, I mean, selective breeding, you know? It's a thing. I'm just, I'm trying to think of some sort of aesthetic change, maybe, that would make it look nice. Well, in the Middle Ages, here's an aesthetic change and a, a, a another church-driven one. What's up with the church and wieners? <laughs> the church does not like pe- wieners. Doesn't like them. Specifically okay. balls, actually. So in the Middle Ages, men who wanted sons, um, and this is done typically by like the, the upper class people in society, um, which were almost always very religiously driven and connected to the church in, in powerful ways. Uh, men who wanted sons would have their left testicle chopped off because... The right testicle is where the males were made, and the left testicle is where the females were made. That would uh, so you're proposing some sort of one ball scenario, maybe streamline the situation. Uniball. Uniball. Trademarked. Trademark. TM. 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 I, it's I already had... t- taken by the pens, but like we can take it um, back. Would hey, what if uh, what if? Okay, this is an easy rebrand right here, right? We we make Victor's Secret makes special little testicle bow ties and ties for like formal occasions and stuff and they just they they tie around above and then they droop over so it makes like you've got like a formal little wiener is that anything uh i i like that 
I'd also I'd also had the thought you could do the bow tie thing with the te- if the testicles are on top and you do the little bow tie, you could maybe like put some little googly eyes on the boys. <laughs> <laughs> it would look like a charming little proboscis monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still uh, apparently the word avocado derives from the Aztec word for testicle, which makes sense. Yeah. I'm still caught if if we've got the overhead if we get the overhead dangles like where what you can't waistband it where 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 is your accidental boner going Yeah, I guess it goes down at that point honestly. I mean yeah, I guess. It, it would like I guess the law like the laws of physics and anatomy which we know a lot about. Yeah. Kind of they would dictate that if if balls on bottom equals wiener on top in normal situation then balls on top equals wiener on bottom and you okay. just oh 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 shit you know what would be fucking badass is you what it, you don't you don't have an underwear band down there to tuck it into but you do have the um the the strap for your gat that you keep on you at all times like you're just tuck it in there you just you have your gun your uh your hip gun strap there and you just tuck your wiener in that now that's smart and it's multi-purpose too and that's a good thing you pull out your 38 special and blast them pew 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 bang bang i don't like i don't like when people say oh man they must got big balls to do that something like that when someone does something pretty daring like oh you got big balls having massive balls would be such a fucking inconvenience you want smaller balls small balls efficiency small balls that's why that's why they hang at two different heights. Takes up less space. It's efficient. Mm. Oh shit! Try, what about just just vertical balls? <laughs> just two. You still have two balls. balls. They just hang perfectly. Ver- that's efficient. That is efficient. You could use that almost like a rudder system in the water when you're swimming. Have you ever swam? I uh, no, I've never swam. I've never swimming, even seen water. Hey, sw- swimming is uh, water's the it's the wet. It's. <laughs> Swimming, swimming when you is when you get in the wet and you move anyway, any uh, possible way. I I call that aggressively not drowning. I'm surprised you know what drowning is. Yeah, well, I've heard words before. What if um no, never mind. That's gross. <laughs> if you squeeze the balls and like I don't know, like a tequila or something came out, like you <laughs> just trying to be inspired by John McAfee a little bit. <laughs> what would John McAfee want? Um. Oh, fuck. I forgot the part where he got accused of fucking a whale. Oh, f- we didn't even talk about John McAfee. We didn't even talk about John McAfee trying to fuck the whale. That's... How did we miss that? John McAfee attempted to go join some tribe in the ocean and and have sexual intercourse with a whale. That's a- about the summary of it. But there's a bunch of hilarious tweets that he did about it. And people were accusing him of lying. And he said, why would I lie about failing to have sex with a whale in the ocean? Why would uh, I lie about any of this? I've got a complete fucking wild tweet from him from Jock McAfee, official McAfee, December 31st. 2018 new year's eve enough of the whale fucking is non-consensual bullshit a humpback whale weighs seventy thousand pounds is 50 feet long and can dive more than a quarter million miles what a quarter mile (laughs) (laughs) just hella deep it can dive more than a quarter mile and crush ships with a single swipe of his tail if a human manages to fuck one you damn well better believe it's consensual (laughs) man (laughs) um uh the uh um 
the final rebrand for testicles is you can use them as buoyancy devices while free diving with whales. Yeah, ooh, that would be better. I, if if I had a built-in set of flotation device, I would I would probably know what the wet is and want to aggressively yeah, almost not like drown. a a swim bladder perhaps or maybe some sort of external oxygen tanks you could use to dive for longer. That's the most efficient use of the testicle space, I believe. Wait, what? Okay, I found another tweet uh, <laughs> from John McAfee about the whale fucking stuff. One, one more whale fucking tweet from John McAfee, and then we're moving on to the next segment. Whale fucking, no joke. Each year on February 1st, the Molokai Channel, a few men compete in the world's only whale fucking contest. A humpback whales, humpback whales are easy to fuck, four second or less. World record is 31 seconds. I competed once, almost got my rib crushed. Stick with ostriches. What was that last part? Stick with ostriches. Huh. <laughs> uh, so not only has he, uh, he, he has he tweeted at least a, he attempted to fuck a whale. It, he makes it sound like he's fucked an ostrich. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't a good guy, but that's why. You, that's why it was real American hero. Hero. I'll I'll say this. One last thing about John McAfee. He was clearly, clearly fucked up. Um, but what I, I think I enjoy about him, like beyond just the like Buckwild antics, is John McAfee got rich and just went fucking wild, right? Which is something I think everyone kind of thinks they would do if they got rich. Yeah. And they don't like necessarily do. He got rich and he said, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do all the things. And he, by God, did them. He definitely did. So good on him. Um, yeah, that's the end of the testicle rebrand. <laughs> I think unless Travis has any other ideas. Just another testicle uh, fact from the church. <laughs> the Vatican Museum contains a Sedia Storcoria or quote-unquote dung chair, a chair with a hole in it. Calling it the dung chair makes it sound like it's a hole you would poop in, sound like early yeah. toilet. But no, it's thought that it has been it was used the, so officials could check the sex of the new pope to make sure he had two balls. Oh, good. Church, church does a lot of weird things with testicles. Okay. church. The church loves for, testicles. For, Travis, I would like to move on to the next segment. Oh. Yes, uh... The new the next segment was it was it was a, a fail on my part and it sounds like you were successful. Yeah, so this one like we're gonna have some successes and we're gonna have some failures in this one. I either want to call this things I found at Goodwill or Goodwill hunting. Uh, Goodwill hunting is the okay. better option. We will we will call this Goodwill hunting. And so what we'll do is when we do the segment, we'll like just pop into Goodwill and whatever we find that we think is fun to discuss on the podcast. We will do that. Another thing that I, I thought we could do, and I have purchased something to this end, is we'll probably do some giveaways with this stuff. Hell right? yeah. So if you uh, uh, submit a review to Apple Podcast, a written review to Apple Podcasts, or you recommend a friend to us and get us some new listeners, or you just maybe send us a kick-ass email with a, a drawing of uh, John McAfee, we'll send you some of this stuff. Because God knows I don't need it in my own house, but I'll send it to you. We'll sign it when we find things. Uh -huh. We don't care. We'll do it. Um, so what I, I have three items, sort of three categories, maybe. And I'm going to present them to you, Travis. And you can kind of tell me your thoughts on some of this stuff. Okay, I'm ready. 
So the first one, I actually, I found towards the end. I told you I was looking at shirts at the end for some other purposes, but I did find this t-shirt that it says, it says native. Ah, and it's, it's got it's this, okay. the state of Michigan on it. And what is the I? The other part of Michigan that we don't talk about. Oh, there are two parts to Michigan? Yes, I believe there's a part of Michigan that is completely separate from Michigan. It's a, across the, the ocean up there. Yep, the, like, it's the mess of, it's a national forest, the Huatha National Forest. Oh, yeah, look at that. Basically completely separate from what you would traditionally consider Michigan, but it is Michigan. So I, <laughs> I now own a Michigan native shirt. Good. Uh, which is important because I have never been to Michigan. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Just haven't. You, now I. Do you plan on now, ever going to Michigan? No, but I do plan on cutting this shirt into like a nice crop top tank top and just wearing it when I run or something. Or Are you going to cut the forest. nipples out in it? I might cut the nipples out in it. But hey, if you see me in my Michigan native shirt, know that I am <laughs> appropriating the shit out of your culture. <laughs> All right. Here's the next thing. And this this will be the giveaway for this week. Because um, what I noticed at my Goodwill is that they, instead of putting them out individually, will corral a bunch of shot glasses into a bag. Uh, and okay. you can buy like grab bag shot glasses. So what I did is I just grabbed one without looking at what the shot glasses are. Uh, and we're going to learn right now. And we're going to learn right now. And if you hit us up and you let us know which one you want specifically and we can send it to you, we'll send you a shot glass. The first one I have is Sacramento. Okay. That's the, a nice looking uh, shot glass. The the capital of California. is Sa Hey, Travis, is Sacramento the capital of California? Uh, fuck, it might be. I have no idea. Oh, shit, Travis. Guess what? What? I got a main shot glass, baby. Hell yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Hey. Yeah, Sacramento is the capital of California, by the way. Maine is the capital of California? Yes. No, oh, okay. Sac Sacramento is. Oh, okay. Good. I, I know my California facts. Um, hey, if you're burning up there in California, we uh, love and respect you, and we'll do anything to help you if you need it. Uh, oh, shit. This is a really good one, Travis. Um, it's kind of shaped like a candle holder. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. It says Daytona. Daytona. We about what are the chances we would talk about NASCAR? I, Travis, I promise you I didn't look at these before I bought them. <laughs> we would talk about NASCAR, and I got a Daytona shot glass. Hell yeah. What are the chances there's a bunch of NASCAR shot glasses just floating around? Oh, very good. I think it would... Uh, we should probably start charting like what states we have represented in shot glasses and see how long it takes us to get a shot glass from every state in that this bit. Now that I'm aware of the shot glass deal, I will go back to Goodwill and attempt to see shot glasses. I don't know if all of them do it, but mine definitely had like a hell of a lot of them. I may be the only one that bought them. Oh, wow. Huh. Arizona. Cactus country. Arizona's awful. I um, I will disagree with you there. Arizona is a great state full of lots of cactuses. Um, and the, the final shot glass I got, Pocono Racing. That's NASCAR. That's also probably NASCAR. It definitely I, is NASCAR. Um, I guess we'll see later. I don't know if they package these up in like with like a theme in mind. Like this one was like the states slash NASCAR <laughs> get a grab bag, but um, I would mean I would also assume that like shot glasses get donated together and like people had like a theme for their shot glass collections. But what a what an interesting mix. None of them are particularly buck wild. 
Uh, I do enjoy that the main one has a nice lobster on it. Hell yeah, it does. The Sacramento one has like a nice little boat. I guess Sacramento has water probably. Do you think Sacramento has the wet? Um, no, I think it's pretty, I think it's landlocked. Oh, okay. Arizona has, Arizona does have lots of cactus, so they got that one right. And Daytona, they got a bunch of cars. Uh, there is uh, there is a picture of Sacramento with at least a river running through the middle of it, it appears. Oh, uh, the Yangtze River. Yes, the Yangtze River. Okay. All right, Travis, are you prepared for this last one? I, I was until you said that. Now I'm nervous. All right, so this last thing that I purchased at Goodwill is not for sale, and I will never send it anywhere else. And it's it's going to be near and dear to our heart because it like I got it because it was funny, but then I was reading it and thinking about it later, and I think it's actually like financially important to the podcast. Okay, Patchy Dan. Oh my God, racehorse! I, I bought a big framed thing with a uh, over a, a, about some racehorse named Apache Dance. It's a pretty badass name. Which is a I mean it's a good name and Apache Dance won the AAA New Jersey Auto Club appreciation race and netted $8,000 for everyone. Um, I don't know if that's an important race. I don't know if that's a lot of money in horse racing, but I do know that Apache Dance won this motherfucker, and I also have the certificate of full registration by the jockey something club (laughs) by the jockey club okay now here's what i think has actually happened right we own this horse this this is this is like the deed to the horse travis we own the horse i'm looking up to see if it's still alive we talked about buying a horse and i accidentally bought us a horse we have the deed to the horse this is our horse that's our horse dead or alive that's our horse oh we might have a horse grave to visit Horse profile for Apache Dancer? Apache Dance. Just Dance. Okay. Apache Dancer apparently is a famous horse. Apache Dancer is a famous horse? Yes. No relation. We we might have the knockoff Apache Dancer. I will say, I'm not keen on the name Apache Dance. I find it um, It, to be actual cultural appropriation. But I will say that the name of the sire of apache dance as we learned last week who is named indian charlie is much worse that's a much worse horse name yeah no absolutely Uh, i found another horse named apache dance and it's its parent was named pagan dance no not not the same okay i cannot find our horse online but it is nonetheless our horse this is our horse so if hey if somebody knows where uh a Former AAA New Jersey Auto Club Appreciation first place winner Apache Dance Racehorse is. We would like our horse back, please. Or is buried. Or what glue he was made into. Oh, yeah. I mean, looking at Apache Dance, that's an Elmer's horse right there, baby. That's not some <laughs> Rose Art bullshit. Some well, that great means we own, horse. we own part of Elmer's glue then. We own the whole factory now. Ah, interesting. Well, you have to include... You have to include Interest. You have to include interest. They owe us a lot of money, basically. They owe us. They this this horse existed in two thousand four, and it's been a long seventeen years since then. Do horses live that long? Horses live for uh, two hundred years sometimes. Oh, okay. I mean, it's like it's based on diet and like where it lives and stuff. But yeah, and they, if up, they up ran the t- Hildago race, yeah, with Vigo Mortensen, the horse that was the. That the story War Horse was based on is still alive. I don't know that story, but okay. War Horse. Anyway, uh, we own a horse, so the only podcast yeah. that owns a horse. 
that's going to go up in our Hey Wait Shut Up official studio, which transcends space, but not time. I love Apache dance. I love our little feller. Look at him. Uh, <laughs> something, uh, one last thing that I realized. Um, on the certificate of full registration for our special little boy, um, it's got like very detailed description of the marks on the horse. Let's, let's hear him. Uh, I mean, none of it's particularly funny. Irregular oval star. Actually, that is like, what does that even mean? Irregular oval star and connected mixed stripe narrowing above nostrils, becoming bordered flesh colored and ending between nostrils. Flesh colored patch on upper lip. And then it becomes illegible. Cowlick <laughs> slightly to left at eye level. I've left got a cowlick. Hind. Wait, no, it's not done. Left hind, half stocking and higher on inside. Right hind, white two above ankle, higher on inside. Cowlick high at crest of neck on both sides. Cowlick at throat latch. Cowlick on front of neck. There's a lot of parts to the horse that I didn't know existed. The fuck is a throat latch? I guess we're going to have to learn this. Are horses' heads hinged? Yeah, they they open up and you put the pez in there. Oh, shit. Do you think a horse owner would know this kind of shit? Wouldn't you? <laughs> I unfortunately I went over to Goodwill and there was nothing, nothing even remotely good. It's got sucks suck that you didn't accidentally buy a horse like I did. Yeah, it really does. I need to. I'm going to. I do live close to the largest Goodwill in the country, and I need to trick a trip down there. You do that. You can report in a couple weeks. You got some time to figure it out. We gotta. We really gotta figure out where we're gonna put this horse corpse or otherwise. Do we? Do we want a dead horse? Uh, I like. We paid four ninety five for it, Travis. Yes, we want our horse. That's fair. Um. All right. I that was a very successful trip to Goodwill. I think I'm glad. I I think it is too. Anything where you end up purchasing a horse, whether on purpose or accident, seems like a successful trip. Yep. Uh. So do let us know if you want one of these shot glasses. Except for the main one, because I want it to remind me of Travis. Let us know. I'll mail that to you. I don't care. Um, Travis, do you have an animal shout out of the week? I do. Uh, this animal shout out of the week is the short horned lizard. It's about 2.6 inches. Uh, so it's about the size of a teacup or so. Its population is stable. So it's it's not, honestly, it's not particularly special except for its defense mechanism where it shoots blood out of its eyes. Oh, like a, like a horny toad. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is the, the yeah, it's very similar. Why didn't uh, you just it, say horny toad? It, it shoots blood out of his eyes, and that's fucking metal. That is, it's very metal. Uh, yeah, and that's that's all I really got about it. I, I I read about this one a little bit a, a little bit ago, and I was like, you know what? This cute little fucker is gonna get a shout out. Shout out to horned toads. We used to find them all the time growing up, and then fire ant killer decimated their populations, and you barely see them anymore. Okay. Tragic story. <laughs> Uh, cool. Thank you. Um, I would like to thank all of our listeners who have stuck around. I would like to thank anyone that uh, is new to the podcast and you really liked what you heard and maybe you're going to go on Apple podcast and leave a written review or even just a five star review and tell us, you know, we appreciate the nasty shit you just said. I would also like to thank the listeners that get on Spotify and subscribe to our podcast because I think that's also good for our egos. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, as always, I would like to 
thank Devin Bateson, a beautiful Canadian man who made the song albums off song windows off the album Swift Tuttle uh, that we use as our theme music. It's good music. Uh, Devin has a bunch of other good music. It is on his Bandcamp page at Devin Bateson. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's got a website where he does art things, I think. Uh, we love you, Devin. Keep on doing music. Yes. And as always, uh, fuck Boss Baby 2. Alec Baldwin, you can eat my whole ass. Those, they kill birds. When those, who's gonna raise my baby birds?